So I'd like for you to open your Bibles now to Isaiah chapter 2, verses 1 through 5. There are pew Bibles under the, the, uh, the pews if you want to reach under and, and grab one of those. Welcome to Advent. Welcome to, the, to Christmas according to Isaiah. And we're going to be looking at what Isaiah prophesied about the coming Christ. Now has come, now is our Savior, Jesus Christ, uh, and about the kingdom. And we're going to start with Isaiah chapter 2, which is an enormously encouraging big picture about what God has now done in our lives and all that God is yet to do that we have to look forward to. Uh, And it helps us know who we are, how to live, and, and what impact is made upon the world when the Messiah is, is flowing through our lives to other people. And uh, that's what also makes it a great ordination passage. Um, as we set Billy Meenan, have set him apart for a lifetime of gospel ministry. So there you are. I'm, I'm going to be kind of charging you a little bit during the sermon. This is the very Word of God. It shall come to pass in the latter days that the mountain of the house of the Lord shall be established as the highest of the mountains and shall be lifted up above the hills and all the nations shall flow to it. And many people shall come and say, Come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob, that He may teach us His ways and that we may walk in His paths. For out of Zion shall Go forth the law and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem, and he shall judge between the nations and shall decide disputes for many peoples, and they shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nations shall not lift up sword against nation, and neither shall they learn war any more. O house of Jacob, come let us walk in the light of the Lord." You might, you might call this a tale of two mountains. A tale of two mountains. You might, you might call those mountains First Advent Mountain and Second Advent Mountain. Now it's interesting when this was written in 740 BC by Isaiah, uh, Israel itself and the kingdom of Judah and Israel were facing extinction uh, by the Assyrian Empire that wanted to, to obliterate them and take over. And so it is very important as the, the temple, that, that connector between God and man, where God's presence and name dwelt, where the, where the temple was threatened, it's very important that, that Isaiah's vision that he has talks about the final victory of the mountain of the house of the Lord of the temple lifted high that is eternal and will never be vanquished. It shall come to pass in the latter days that the, the mountain of the house of the Lord shall be established. It shall be established as the highest of mountains. It shall be lifted up above the hills and all the nations will flow to it. He says that this is in the, the latter days or the last days. Well, you know something? We... This day, in 2017, we are in the latter days. 
Isaiah prophesied about these times, and we are between the two advents of Jesus. His first coming to Bethlehem, His death on the cross, His resurrection and ascension where He reigns, and has given us the commission to see the kingdom come in for a certain amount of time until His second advent or His second coming when He will come and He will judge the nations, He will set everything right, and His people across the world will live in true world peace. We need to, um, to have a little talk about mountains to understand this text. You know, mountains have always been important places in the Bible. They're kind of places of salvation from God. Noah's Ark uh, rested in Genesis 8-4 on Mount Ararat, and the people were saved from the flood. Uh, Abraham went up uh, according to the command of God on, on Mount Moriah to sacrifice his son Isaac and And if you'll remember that story, he was spared to sacrifice his own son because God gave a ram, a substitute, to be sacrificed on the mountain, symbolizing salvation and the salvation, of course, of Isaac's life. It was Mount Horeb that, or Sinai, that, that, um, or Mount Horeb, rather, that Moses saw a burning bush and God uh, recruited him and commanded him to go to Egypt for the deliverance of his people. And it was at Mount Sinai where he revealed his law and the nature of his character and what salvation looks like as God's people live under grace. And then, of course, the temple was built on Mount Zion in Jerusalem, the same mountain, by the way, that named something else later, named Mount Zion later, that Abraham went to sacrifice Isaac And that same mountain would be the place where God provided another substitute. And all the lambs and bulls and goats sacrificed in our place there on Mount Zion. But all of these mountains are only looking ahead to what I'm calling First Advent Mountain. A mountain called Golgotha, a hill outside of Jerusalem because Jesus was cursed. Uh, a mountain called Calvary, and it was there on that mountain in Jerusalem that God sacrificed His only Son for us. The, the, The Lamb of God, the last, final sacrifice for our sins. And all other mountains in the the Bible point to this Advent mountain. You know, it's important to realize that when this was written... It was just before the, a little bit before the the temple, the literal temple would be destroyed, not by the Assyrians, but by the Babylonians. And that's why a prophecy of an everlasting temple higher than the mountains is important. And there's a lot of discussion about maybe rebuilding the temple in Jerusalem, which was built back after the exile and then torn down again by the Romans. Still to this day, the temple is not there. There's a mosque on the side of where the temple was. Um, but it's important to, to realize that, that God is not talking about a building here. What is promised is, is an everlasting temple higher than the mountains. Um, one of the reasons we know this simply is geography. Mount Zion is not higher than the other mountains, not even the other mountains around Mount Zion. Mount Zion is 2,400 feet. Uh, A good example of the highest mountain in Israel is 74 
a hundred feet tall. That's Mount Hermon. This isn't about a, a literal mountain. This isn't about a, a place. This is about the Messiah, Jesus, who is the new temple. Remember what the temple is? The temple is the connection between God and man. In the Old Testament, where God's presence dwelt and the sacrifices to connect God and man happened, Jesus is the final sacrifice. Jesus is the final temple. Jesus, the Messiah prophesied, is the place where God and man come together. No longer a building. Remember in John chapter 2 when Jesus threw the money changers out of the temple, uh, he said to the Jews, verse 19 of John 2, destroy this temple, he said. Destroy this temple and I will raise it up in three days. And the Jews said, quote, it has taken 46 years to build this temple and you will raise it up in three days. But he was not speaking about the building. He was speaking about himself, we read in the text. He was speaking about his body. When, therefore, he was raised from the dead, his disciples remembered that he had said this, and they believed the Scriptures and the word that Jesus had spoken. Jesus is the new temple. This is the new Mount Zion, and it is raised way above the other mountains. You know, I was enjoying listening to the singing Christmas tree at Bellhaven the other night, and, and they were singing Hark the Herald Angels Sings. It just hit, it just hit me again. I leaned over and I told Gina, I said, this, this is why Christianity is different. God, God, God comes to us. God, nobody else has Christmas. God came to us. And, 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 and veiled in flesh, the Godhead, see, hail incarnate deity, pleased as man with men to dwell, Jesus our Emmanuel, God with us. When you sing your carols, can you see the Son of God? I'm talking about Yahweh God in swaddling cloths in a manger. Can you see the Son of God on Mount Calvary, the Advent Mountain, the, the, the mountain of sacrifice that takes the place of the temple? Do you see him hanging on a cross? Well, I tell you, more than Isaiah could see him, we can see him. We're on this side of the cross. That's where our trust is because that happened. And we have identified the Messiah and he is Jesus Christ. We clearly see what I'm calling Advent Mountain. But from Advent Mountain, we can see that second Advent Mountain. And that is being referred to in this text as well. This is when the kingdom of God will come with irresistible power unstoppable power this is when there will be world peace and the the swords will be beaten into uh pruning hooks or plow i don't whichever one it is you, the implements of war will be beaten into implements of agriculture and i think we need to look at mountains from a different way because it's not just all the mountains of scripture that that point to first advent mountain where our salvation comes but it's also all the mountains of all the other gods that surround Israel and all the other gods. Mountains are, are important places for, for these who worship false gods as well. We're told that on Mount Olympus, that's where Zeus lived, you know, and, and other, other gods as well. 
Mount Elbhorst, this is where the Persian gods lived. The Himalayas, this is where the, the Hindu gods supposedly lived. Mount Zaphon, just north of Israel and Seir, that's where Baal, you know, Baal, the, 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 one, the, the, the false god that just got so entangled in the hearts of Israel, Baal lived on that mountain. But Isaiah 2 tells us that in the last days, the Messiah comes and God establishes Mount Zion as the highest of all the mountains and the Messiah brings to naught all of these gods that are not. They are diminished before the greatness of this true God on the mountain that is lifted up higher than all the mountains and He will reign forever and ever on this mountain. And we read in the passage that it is for all the nations. Remember these words, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. God is not just the God of Israel. God is God. And God's heart as the the, the first mountain and the great commission is established, and the second mountain, and finally the great ingathering, God's heart is for the nations because He is God over all the world. Billy, you're being ordained. You've been ordained today on this first Sunday of Advent 2017, and you're being ordained historically. Where you stand with us is in this place between the two mountains. And you are being ordained to advance the kingdom of Christ right now while you look to that second mountain and are encouraged knowing that in the second mountain God will be Lord and God and reign over all. So this is a tale of two mountains. But finally I would say this is also a tale of teaching. That's the other thing that's mentioned twice in the passage. The vision is not about God politically taking over it's not about wars it's not about destroying uh, other regimes this is the story of a kingdom that comes through teaching through the proclamation of the gospel god's truth and in the last days we learn from this text in the latter days teaching streams out of the mountain and the nation stream up into the mountain as a result of understanding the truth about our God and our Savior. Verse 2, it shall come to pass in the latter days that the mountain of the house of the Lord shall be established as the highest of mountain and shall be lifted up above all the hills and the nations will flow to it. Verse 3, for out of Zion will go forth the law and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. And they say, let us go up, let us be taught of God. And the other thing that's just so prominent here is teaching. God's going to displace all the other gods and his teaching will finally cover the earth like the waters cover the sea. Teaching flows out of God's mountain. That's our commission out of Christ, out of the church. That's our commission right now. And Billy, this is the main point of your ordination today. You are to live and teach the truth of Jesus Christ and the whole counsel of our God so that people will be drawn to him.
so that people will flow to him. You're being set apart and have been set apart as a teaching elder. I remember when I was set apart for gospel ministry uh, back in the Mesozoic period, I think it was. And I wondered, what difference will it really make? And you know, it's always tied to teaching. And to the degree that you are faithful to God's word and not your own, to the degree you are faithful to the gospel with the heart of Jesus Christ to teach God's word, it will matter in your life and in the life of other people. Preach both mountains, Billy. Preach First Advent Mountain. Preach the cross and the truth that, that God has come for us because we could not do it. We couldn't come for Him. God has sacrificed once and for all for us. Preach Advent Mountain, but also in the midst of ministry in, the, in a fallen world and ministry gets tough. You already know this. He's already a veteran. But you know it gets tough sometimes. Preach the final mountain. Don't forget, people of God, don't forget the final mountain. That's another place our encouragement comes from. Yes, Christ is going to win. And He's going to win with love. And He's going to gather by grace the nations. And it's going to be one big party forever and one big worship. You, Billy, need to rejoice in the certainty of the final mountain while you experience and preach the certainty of the first mountain. You've been called to serve a kingdom represented by this church as a local church, a local assembly. You've been called to serve a kingdom that will be the final mountain. We're in the midst of the final mountain. This is the the raw material of the final mountain, of of the new community, the new Jerusalem, the people of God. You've been called to serve in the midst of a community that will be the final mountain. And you've been called to be set apart to hold up Christ to a needy world and to mobilize the church. So that the word of God can flow out and needy people can flow in to Jesus' arms through what he did on First Advent Mountain. And we celebrate Advent together this year and may you be empowered to proclaim it and through your years of gospel ministry that God has given you Billy and is setting you apart by his church now Billy may hundreds and hundreds eat and live in this March to Zion that we get to be a part of together and with you. Preach both mountains. Let's pray. Lord, we pray that you would bless this scripture. As Isaiah starts out, we get the big picture. We get the big picture of of you, Jesus, being the new temple lifted up. And then we get the big picture of the second Advent mountain where you bring peace to the world and where your teaching covers the earth. Lord, help us, each of us, to be faithful in the time between the times, in these latter days, in these last days that we find ourselves now. Lord, allow us to joyfully, according to your grace... 
live and speak it. And we pray that you would bless Billy as he leads us to live and speak it. In Jesus' name, amen.